Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you sick and tired of high electricity bills? Anywhere from $200 per month or higher? Do you own a home or business and have been looking for a reputable solar company to give you a no-pressure-free quote? Well, contact Ethical Solar Solutions today and see why hundreds of people are saving thousands of dollars every year making the switch to solar without spending a dime out of pocket. Get your obligation-free quote today. In this episode, I sit down with legendary rapper, performer, and martial artist Denzel Curry alongside L.A. native and legendary Henzo Gracie L.A. Muay Thai trainer Alan Neer, and we dive deep into the unique way Muay Thai has significantly changed all three of our lives for the positive. Denzel goes very deep and shares how and why he got involved in martial arts and the crazy story of how we crossed paths. You do not want to miss this episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Nick Hefke, and I am the host of Get Lost with Nick Hefke on the Believe Podcast Network. We have two very, very special guests in front of us today. The way that we were introduced to each other throughout the last year and a half was a very unique story, but I'm going to allow them to start and introduce themselves. So, Al, why don't we start with you, brother? All right, my name is Al. I'm the head instructor at Hinto Gracie LA been doing Muay Thai for like 12 plus years. That's it. <laughs> Pretty and, short. Um, I'm Denzel Curry. Like, if you haven't heard my music, well, check that <laughs> shit out. <laughs> like, I've been doing Muay Thai for five years. It's been my instructor alongside with Coach Cortez, Professor Jaime, and also Coach Joseph, which was my first partner, sparring partner ever. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen, the way that we ended up being introduced to each other has such an awesome backstory, especially with you, Denzel, and especially with how we were able to basically just build a friendship very organically without knowing who the two of each other were. And I'm going to go into detail later on in this podcast and tell that story. But prior to doing so, I wanted to ask the both of you a question. And one of which was, what got the two of you started with Muay Thai, with martial arts? What got you to say, okay, I'm going to walk into, Al, I'm not familiar with the first gym you've ever trained at. Denzel, I'm not familiar with the first gym you've ever trained at. But I was wondering if you can walk me through what got you to start training Muay Thai and martial arts. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let me start off first. So. Basically, like, what got me into martial arts, obviously, like, I'm a huge anime fan. So is Al. Al is a huge anime fan. But um, if you want to get into backgrounds, like, back when I was living in Miami, you know, um, basically, my dad taught me and my brothers how to box a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the best boxer in the world, but he taught us to box, like, to defend ourselves and stuff. And as I got older, I remember just being around a block, and it was this dude which have the same name as me, and me and him kind of look alike because he had a pro. I had an afro, and they called him Big Denzel, and I was always Little Denzel. And he was practicing mixed martial arts, and he taught me mixed martial arts. 
me and my friend William, God rest his soul, um, he taught us back when we was in middle school. Then I met another guy around my block. His name was Tim, and he was actually a black belt in karate. So he was teaching me all types of like stuff, like to build your forearms and like stretching the importance of that. And then we would practice that and mixed martial arts on a daily because Tim and Big Denzel met. And I guess the icing on the cake with all that is my older brother, if you watch this movie called Dogfight, he was on Tree and Dogfight with Dada 5000 and Dada 5000 and Kimbo Slice, you know, came up together and eventually fought each other before Kimbo passed away. So my brother was one of the guys that helped pioneer like pretty much the backyard fighting scene. It was one of the prominent people in the backyard fighting scene back in probably 2007, 2008, like around that time. And so basically fighting just been a part of my life for the longest. How I got started in Muay Thai, I stopped smoking weed one day. <laughs> and then I was, I was like, well, my life's going to be boring. And I just started looking up martial arts schools because when I said I was going to make enough money, I'll go back to doing stuff I like. So ended up finding Five Star. Before it was Henzo Gracie, it was like Five Star Martial Arts. So I was like, you know, let me check this place out. It was people doing jujitsu. A guy signed me up. And then I ended up going to class the next day, got introduced to Al. And the first thing I said to Al was, yo, I'm ready to spar. He was like, nah, you're not ready. He was like, yo, he was yeah. like, I got to um, make sure you can throw a proper punch, proper kick. Like, you could do all the techniques properly before I could clear you to spar. Once I showed that I was like, you know, I could do the techniques properly, he was like, okay, you're ready to spar now. I was like, cool. And I was like, I want to spar you now. And he was like, <laughs> class, he was like, yo, why you want to spar him? He's the teacher. And I was like, exactly. If I get my ass whooped more times than I can count, I would get better, point blank, period. So it just led from there, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. I would be going on tour in between, and I'll tell Al, like, Al, I'll be going for this certain amount of months. I come back, I'm coming to see y'all. And he was like, at first, you know, you don't know me like that. So it's just like, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, uh, okay, yeah, he's not coming back. I came back, I was like, what I miss? And he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, that's how our relationship has always been until quarantine hit. And I was actually able to do it full time and refine majority of those skills that I was doing for the past years because I had to go in and out, in and out. I would get mad good and then it'll get cut off abruptly because I'll have to go on tour. Wow. Wow. Al, before you chime in and tell us a little bit about how you got your martial arts start, what was your first reaction when Denzel Curry walks into the gym and says, Al, I want a piece of you, son. Let's do this. Day one. <laughs> so I actually saw he was he would hang out the gym all day. So he was standing on the mat. I'm like, who's that dude just on the mat? There's no class. Why is he still here? They're like, oh, he just signed up. That's Denzel. I'm like, all right, but why is he here? <laughs> so he took my class. And he's like, yo, I want to go with you. And I'm just thinking, like, is he for real? Is like he challenging me right now? Because at first, I didn't know. Like, I didn't think Denzel Curry. I just thought this is a student who was like really testing me right now, but in a good way. Like, he's like, I want to get good. They say you're the best. I want to come at you. I love that, dude. I love that. Did. And then what got me was the next time he's like, let's run it back again. I was like, okay. Go at him again the next day. That's, I'm like, this dude is for real. He's like, 
not just trying to do it for show. He's trying to be a martial artist. He's trying to improve. He's trying to get better at the art. And that's when he got my respect. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, I love that story, Denzel. I had no idea. That's badass. I love the fact that you were trying to take on the top dog. That way you're going to learn from getting beat. I mean, dude, that's that was my first, I guess, real experience in Muay Thai, too. I had to fight one of the side trainers on my second week in Muay Thai camp in Thailand. And you can probably imagine how that all went. Last day, all your buddies are like, bruh, you're not leaving Thailand unless you're, unless you're doing it. And, and that's very true. And, well, I gave into the peer pressure. It didn't take very much at all. And, well, we'll get into detail later on throughout my podcast about how all that went. A lot of funny stories behind that. But, Al, now is your turn. Tell us a little bit about how you started martial arts, how you got involved in Muay Thai, and walk me through how that all started. Okay, so uh, first, I knew I wanted to do something. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, did some research, was looking at gyms, and I found a boxing gym that I actually never made it to, but I knew I wanted to box first. And that was it. I, was like, I wanted to be a boxer. I want to box, boxing. I love Tyson. I love, I love Ali. Unfortunately, never, never did it. I ended up working at Banana Republic for like eight years. A lot of people don't know that. Nice. And this guy came in with a jiu-jitsu shirt. I had no idea what jiu-jitsu was. I wasn't even thinking Muay Thai yet. Um, and he was like, I was like, that's a cool shirt. What's jiu-jitsu? He's like, just show up tomorrow and I'll show you what jiu-jitsu is. I was like, all right, cool. I actually went. The first thing he showed me was a rear naked choke. He just did it on me. He's like, stand here. He choked me. I was like, whatever this is, I'm about. So I did jiu-jitsu twice <laughs> a day for two years with Sean Williams. Sean Williams is a Hinzo black belt. I was I've been with Sean for most of my martial arts career. Uh, he's my first thing I got into with jiu-jitsu and he's my coach. And then he left that gym. I was training at 7 a.m. classes. So I had no idea he had left. I show up one day, all my friends are gone. Everybody's gone. And it took me two years to find him again. And when I found him, I went in and they were doing a Muay Thai class. And I was like, what is that? Like they were throwing punches, kicks, they're hitting pads. The energy got me. I took the class and I was doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai both at the same time. And then it started to really weigh more in the favor of Muay Thai. I love the kicks. I love uh, trying to, like, just getting better. But you pay for it right away. You make a mistake. Like, when I first held the pad, I held it in front of my face. And this girl hit it and cracked me in the face. And I was like, whoa. The lesson one, don't hold it in front of your face. Um, and my instructor was uh, John Spazano, who, was, who trained with Dan Inosanto, who was with Bruce Lee and Master Chai, and just kind of trickled down that way. And I just love Muay Thai ever since then. Stuck with it. Became instructor there. I was teaching 24 classes a week to start. It was crazy. <laughs> just kind of thrown in. Wow. Wow. So you're working at Banana Republic. <laughs> Sean Williams walks in and basically says, uh, hey, dude, have you ever thought about martial arts? And that was initially how you got into the whole martial arts side of things. Am I understanding so that correctly? It was uh, actually it was one of Sean's students named Warren Stout, who's in uh, Pittsburgh. He had a shirt that I thought okay. was cool. He's like, come to this gym, Sean. He's the man. If you haven't heard of him, you will. He choked me. Sean gave me a free gi, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm <laughs> down. Let's go. Yeah. Dude, that is an awesome story. I love it. So, so what ended up transpiring afterwards? So you end up going into the gym. You fell in love with the sport. You realized this is something that you wanted to continue. Talk to me a little bit about how that continued to evolve. All right. So um, so I was training with them at a spot for about two years. He left. He opened his own spot. I couldn't find it. Eventually found it after a while. And I started doing cross-training jiu-jitsu Muay Thai. Um, and I was still working at Banana. And Banana had closed to switch locations. 
So in that period, I wasn't, I was working, I actually worked at Victoria's Secret for two years. So I was like, man, I'm sick of this overnight. Nice. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they hired him. He was like, work the front desk. So I started working the desk. And he's like, help with kids. Start helping with kids. And then my, my Muay Thai uh, coach had to take a vacation because he was the only one there. He's like, cover my class. He's like, the best guy I got. You've been with me. Cover my class. I'm like, it's going to be the worst class anybody's ever had in their life. But uh, they guided me. They guided me. They got me to do it. I coached. Um, my Muay Thai instructor, he saw a lot of potential. Sean saw a lot of potential. They asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, martial arts. I want to, whatever that means, I want to do martial arts. So I did it from the bottom to the top. I worked to death. Taught kids, taught Muay Thai. They coached me for fights. I coached other people for fights, and it's just been a, a roller coaster, man. Just like going and going and going. No, the, the first person I trained with was Malapet, and I thought Malapet was a phenomenal trainer. And he was okay. like, Sean has a good relationship with a lot of Thai fighters, a lot of Thai coaches, and he's like, you can go out there and train with them for a month, or they it can be a two way street. He brings them out here, they make way more money. And I still get the same type of training. So the first gotcha. person was Malapet. Okay. Uh, my advice when you're training with them is shut up, listen, and be humble. You need to show them. You need to earn it. They will oh, they yeah. can see it. It's, it goes past you telling them you want it. They will see it in you. And then your training will evolve from there. The best person he's ever allowed me to train with was Sunshine. Super, super, super humble person. Amazing. I think best in the world, hands down. Sparred with them. Didn't touch him. Didn't, I couldn't touch him physically <laughs> at all. And then when I was going to hit him, he called out the strike that I was going to throw and told me no. Stop. Like, no jab. I was like, oh, my <laughs> what? God. No. <laughs> um, that was probably the highlight of my training was training with Sunshine. I've trained with a lot of other people, but I think that was my idol at the time. And for him to make that happen for me was like mind blowing. You know, you never think you're going to meet the person you want to meet the most in this art. And I was able to do it. Wow. So, so what was that experience like? So how long did you train with him for? I mean, what are some recommendations you might give someone else who might look to train with Sanchai in specific? I mean, other than just shut up, listen, and be humble, what might be some other advice that you can give someone if they're an amateur, if they've been training for quite a few years, if they're maybe making a trip to Thailand and they're hoping to train with Sanchai? Since you know him personally and you've trained with him prior to that, what might be some advice you would give them? Really make the time to do it. Like, don't be setting your own schedule that you can't be willing to be humble enough to take what they have. Like, if they have, hey, we can only train at 8, don't miss the opportunity to, to do it. If you train at night, train at night. If they're like, we got 5 a.m., take the time. We need to know, like, this is world-class person right here. He is busy. Take the time that he has. And then try to soak up all the little things. Uh, when I was training with them, it wasn't, like, some crazy, fancy techniques. It was very simple, but so precise everything was so sharp simple things like oh when they throw in the knee what do i do he's like push them like if they're coming at you with the knee take both hands push them on the chest they fall over i'm like i'm thinking i have to dodge he's like this is step one just know it's that easy sometimes it's literally that easy sometimes to do and that was just like crazy he's like he does he was talking about his cartwheel kick and how he does that everybody wants to learn it but we're not gonna pull it off. Like if a kid, he will teach it to you. But just know, at a higher level, he's just letting you know it's a waste of your own time to even try to pull off. If you're in a fight, you're in a fight. You're not there to show off. That's where he is in his career, not where everybody else is in theirs. Amateurs don't need to try to pull that off. Just take the basics, sharpen the basics, and make them look advanced. Which was some of the best advice that I got from him. If you can make a jab look advanced, look like some crazy technique, you're on the right path. Great. I thought that was like. 
crazy. Wow. Not about the cartwheel kick. Take this basic technique, make it look crisp, make it look advanced. People will see it. Amazing, dude. I love that story. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous that you got to train with Sanchai. Um, when I head to Thailand, I plan on training with Sanchai at one point. So any advice that I can get in regards to what might help prepare me for that experience is always welcome. Um, I know John Wayne Parr, um, all mutual friends of ours, and also be, being fans of Wayne Parr himself. Now, he trained with Sanchai, and he said a very similar to what you did. Um, training with him was unbelievable. The experience was great. He learned so much. And I'm really jealous that you got the opportunity to do it, brothers. <laughs> That's a really epic experience. And now, Denzel, I want to turn to you for a quick second. So oh, here we go. Let's do it, baby. So talk to me about some of the training that you've done prior to just Five Star Martial Arts and RGLA. Who else have you trained with in the past? It sounds like you've trained with some pretty well-recognized individuals. Well, when it comes down to training, though, the first person that was like a real recognized individual was my brother before he passed away. So, yeah, because when he was doing this thing, that. I would train with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would teach me stuff. There would be times where I'm just watching Billy and Mandy, you know, like on the couch in my house, like at my dad's house, really. And he'll just walk up to me. He's like, what's up, Jit? And then he'll just smack me out of nowhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? He'll like, defend yourself. <laughs> so I'm smack, slap boxing this dude crying like i'm crying like boohoo crying like i'm like i don't want to fight but he like would get me to defend myself because i can't be a punk i can't be somebody on the street that doesn't know how to defend themselves same with the way on um, big denzel and tim would do the same thing for me and that's how like even when i came to five-star martial arts my kicks weren't that bad i just wasn't throwing them like how a muay thai fighter would throw them you know what i mean yeah so when it came down to, I didn't have really anybody specifically I trained with before, besides my brother and Big Denzel and Tim. But after, when I really got into Muay Thai, when I started going to Five Star Martial Arts and started learning about Boykow, Samart, uh, Sanchai, like we was just talking yeah. about, um, learning about all these guys, even Danny Bill, you know, like Danny. learning about all these dudes. That's when I started to meet these guys for real. So. I started training with Yuli Diaz. He fights in um, one championship. Nice. That's my homie. Me and him have a mutual friend that passed away, and we was helping this guy build a plane. Um, Damn, I, I met him through my that. friend Sebastian, actually. Uh, another dude, Dada5000. I never trained with him, but he was in my videos. He's been That's a sick. cool guy. You know what I mean? Big Lon. He's, if you know him, him and his brother Breeze, they... Uh, did bodyguard work for Wiz Khalifa, and they also trains at Henzo Gracie. Big Lone was the first person I met at Henzo, to be honest with you. And then I started training with him. I went to, you know, Las Vegas to train with him at the uh, at the Smokers event um, at High Rollers. Who else I trained with? Uh, Dylan Francis. I trained with him through Yuli Diaz as well. A lot of the people in Miami I would train with was at either Bushido Muay Thai, which is okay. uh, who Very I cool. try to get out to, you know, like got those guys to meet. And um and Goat Shed Academy. They, you know, they be with Hector Lombard and all these uh, um what's his name? Mike Perry and all these guys. And they actually do work with Logan Paul and stuff like that. Oh wow. Not a big really fan, cool. but you know, <laughs> no, no, no shade to them. It's just like, you know, 
I respect it. But at the same time, it's just like those are the people I started to train with after I really got deep into it, you know? And the last person I would say I met through a friend of mine named Kashan. He's been a Muay Thai. I mean, he's been a Muay Thai for nine years and he's been working in, uh, he's been to Thailand multiple times. I've only been there once and I never trained there. I only trained on the island, but it was at Five Senses. It was like this resort. But it wasn't gotcha. like a true gym, you know? And um, Kashan introduced me to this guy named Pechtanon, which fights in one championship. Wow, dude, I'm super jealous. That's that's a very impressive group of people that you got to meet and train with, especially throughout your experience and journey thus far. And I definitely look forward to when the two of you can make a little trip out to the Gold Coast and we can yeah. go and train with John Wayne Parr and Angie and Jazzy and the whole group out there and also go and have some fun over in Australia, especially when this whole kind of craziness is all over. Now, Denzel, talk to me about what you're leveraging or using martial arts essentially for. Now, I will be completely honest with you. I mean, watching you in Muay Thai, meeting you at RGLA, the way that we ended up building a friendship and the awesome story prior to that, how have you been able to use Muay Thai to maybe help with mental health problems? That's what got me to start with Muay Thai. What other areas of your life have you seen a vast improvement thanks to martial arts and Muay Thai? Well, with Muay Thai, how it helps structure certain things in my life. Let's let's take it to music, right? So obviously, you know, I'm a musician. So when it comes down to martial arts and that aspect of things, the stuff I would learn in class, the stuff I was learning in therapy would be the exact same thing. And that's how it will help with my mental health. You know what I'm saying? Self-control. You know, when I was working with Professor Jaime and I was doing privates with him, he was urging me to control myself you know what i'm saying and then the therapist would urge me to control myself as well because when i was spar i would have a lack of self-control and when i was out just young and dumb i had a lack of self-control so that was like the big thing that was meeting in the middle once i started to learn self-control through high me and then my therapist is telling me the same exact thing they're saying the exact same thing and they do two different things but it was for one common goal like the spirit has to be right and the mind has to be right in order to control yourself that's one two a lot of the lessons you know as a musician you have to condition yourself as a musician you have to practice it is building a habit and i practice that habit it's like i did music 10 years plus same way al did martial arts 10 years plus habit and i created a habit so you would say essentially he's a black belt in muay thai and i'm a black belt in what i do and the way they go hand in hand is you have to condition yourself the same way a boxer would or a Muay Thai fighter would in order to make that big step to be better than what you was from your last day in the gym or from the last time you made a song. So that's how it connect with guys. Very cool, man. I love that. I love that. So Denzel, let me ask you a question, brother. What would you say to one of your fans or somebody who looks up to you, somebody who might aspire to potentially be 
the next Denzel or, you know, might look up to your career or a lot of the accomplishments that you've had throughout your life. And I look at you as a very successful guy, huge fan of what it is that you're doing. I'm team Denzel and love seeing what you're doing. What would you recommend to maybe someone else who looks up to you who might be a little nervous or afraid or gun shy to walk or take the first step and walk into an RGLA or walk into another martial arts gym, regardless where it is they live. And maybe they feel a little nervous or scared or, you know, have never trained martial arts in the past. What advice could you give them in order to pull the trigger and take the first step and actually take action and go? Well, in order to take that first step, you have to just Think about it as like not you going into something and getting hurt. You got to think about it as you challenging yourself to be better. You get what I'm saying? You know, yeah. before when I was rapping, like to go back to music, when I first started rapping, I wasn't good. <laughs> I was not good at all. I had to really? be good. And you got to understand, like when you're coming into something new, just remember you're not good. You're going to get good. That's the whole point. It's a process. You can't cheat the progress. And if you don't have the confidence or you are gunshot, just, you know, no risk, no reward. High risk, high reward. So just go in there. Just take a risk. It does, you know, and take a good risk. You get on, you get what I mean? Absolutely. Like, just just try it. If you don't like it and it's not fit for you, you always have the option to go but it's not going to kill you. You should just try it out first. And if you like it, continue it. If you don't like it, okay, maybe this not meant for me. Maybe I want to dance. Maybe I want to draw. Maybe I want to do something that's, I could express myself because at the end of the day, all it is is just you expressing yourself. Martial arts is a way of expressing yourself through body movement. Same way with dancing. It's the same way as a dance. So it's just, if you want to find a way of expressing yourself and you are gunshot, just try it out first. And if it doesn't fit for you, try something else. I love it. I love it. And Al, I was hoping that you could chime in on that a little bit as well. What would you say to someone who might be nervous to take a leap in the deep end or take that initial first step and give martial arts a try? I mean, let's let's talk to somebody who might have just gone through a breakup or might be, you know, going through an emotional hard time or might be struggling with confidence at this point in time. And they want to utilize martial arts and some of the amazing things that you will learn from continuing that discipline. What's some advice that you could give them in order to turn off those negative catastrophizing thoughts? and still go and take the first step over into a, a great place like RGLA. What's some advice that you can give a total amateur or somebody new to the martial arts scene? My advice would be to go in thinking everybody who, most of the people were there weren't there to fight. They were there for some, maybe the same reason as you or reason that's similar that had nothing to do with martial arts. After doing it and getting to know all the people when they come in, we always ask them, what, what's the reason that you want to join? And most people are like, I want self-defense. They say self-defense. They're like, I want to lose weight. Some people are like, I just want to make friends. People, I have anger issues. I want to learn how to deal with that. It's never, it's very rare that somebody's like, I want to compete. And we tell them, this is not that type of gym. We have people who compete, but go in knowing that somebody there is dealing with what you're dealing with. And you're going to go in with, a, like, you're going to go find a community. 
a lot of people have that thought like, man, I'm going to a fight gym. We're going to fight, 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 fight. But it's <laughs> completely, that's, that's not even martial arts right now. You know, it's like you go in, you're looking for community, you find community. Go in with that type of mindset. That would be my advice. Go in knowing somebody in here is dealing with what I'm dealing with. I'm going to find them and we're going to bond and we're going to grow. I love that. And, and I couldn't the first step. The biggest one is actually go, 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 go. Even if you don't train that day, step, take that step into the gym, go there, deep breath. Even if you walk out, take that step to going. Dude, I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, taking that, that plunge and making that first step to, you know, my first martial arts gym, which happened to be in Thailand, that's where I had my Muay Thai start was when I was on one of my crazy travel trips over throughout Thailand, I decided to go and try something different, especially when everybody else was partying at night and I'm trying to start a, a party yacht company. So I'm doing a lot of the, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm doing all of the inside work to make sure that it's successful and that our affiliate partners are all happy and making sure that I'm doing all the administrative things or a large portion of them. So I had to figure out ways to keep myself engaged and not go crazy, especially past seven o'clock in Thailand where everybody's partying or a majority of the foreigners who are visiting Thailand are currently partying. And you're right, man. The, the number one return on my time, especially from making the plunge to go into martial arts, is the community and the network that you create. And the story how I, you know, became friends with Denzel and how we built a friendship at the start is really interesting. And it happened because of Enzo Gracie L.A. And it's really crazy. I, I, I showed up. I was in L.A. I, I came over from Australia. I was training with John Wayne Parr for a couple of years, and I decided to come to America to expand my solar company. And I really wanted to come here and make that dream a reality. So I came here to the U.S. and stayed in L.A. at the start of COVID. And a lot of the gyms at that point in time were shut off. But Henzo Gracie LA, dude, God bless their souls, figured it out and was still able to do an outside gym, which was, you know, an absolute godsend to me. So I had a place to train and they were able to get a lot more people to walk through the doors. So I'm training over there. Uh, I think it's a random Tuesday or it's a Thursday. Cortez is the trainer for that day. <laughs> and, and Coach Cortez is like, all right, guys, it's time to get a partner. And we're going to start doing some drills. Now, I this is probably my third or fourth day at Henzo Gracie LA. So I didn't know very many people at that point in time. So Cortez was nice enough to pick my, par my partner. He looks at me and goes, Nick, you're with Denzel. And I'm like, okay, nice to meet you. Now, I'll be honest with you, Denzel. I had no idea who you were. Right. I had no idea that you were Denzel Curry, the rapper. I had no idea that, you know, that's who was in front of me at that point in time. And when we initially kind of, you know, introduced each other, there was so much organic chemistry. I mean, we were sitting there, we were hitting it off. We were talking about traveling. We were talking about, you know, how long we've been training martial arts for. You were telling me a little bit about your background. I was telling you a, bit, a little bit about John Wayne Parr and, you know, training with him so that my style was probably going to be a little bit different than what you were accustomed to. And I was very, very impressed with how well you were hitting pads. I was really impressed with, you know, your technique and how well you were running through the motions. I could tell that you were, you've been training for quite a few years and, you know, that you've had some really sharp skills. And, and it's funny because 
Then I started talking to Denzel. I was like, so Denzel, you know, like how long you been in LA for? How long have you, you know, been here? Are you initially from LA? He's like, no, man, you know, I've just been here for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, nice, dude. And I was like, so are you, are you working at the moment? You know, like, do you have a job? I know everybody's losing their jobs because of COVID. And, you know, it's been such a hard time. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking to add more people to my solar company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, and, and you're just like, nah, dude, you know, I'm doing okay. I've, I've got a, I've got some things working out for me. And I'm just like, well, look, dude, I think you would be an absolute natural as a solar sales rep. I've got a few openings for my company. Why don't we connect? And if you're ever, you know, need a job later on in the future, I think you've got the gifts of the gap. And I think you would absolutely kill it. And you're like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Denzel gives me his phone, right? And I, cause I, I, I mainly connect on Instagram because of all my traveling and I'm like, all right, dude, you know, give me your Instagram. And, uh, you know, he gives me his Instagram. I look at it and I'm like, so I take it, you accept the solar job. <laughs> you want, you want to be a solar guy and work for ethical solar solutions. And uh, it's just funny because I always look back at that and I'm like, wow, man, you know, in L.A., this was a guy that I was able to organically build a friendship with that I really liked without knowing who he was or, you know, anything else that was going on in regards to his professional life. And um, I found that one of the, I guess, cooler experiences I had in California. And, and I'm really thankful that Henzo Gracie L.A. was able to give me that opportunity to make a lot of good friends when I was over in LA. I had an amazing time training with Cortez and Joseph and Al. There was a really good vibe to the gym. And Denzel, I want you to touch a little bit on building a network and building a community within martial arts. And I can see that you fit in really, really well at RGLA. You know, everybody's going up and saying hi to you and the vibes are all really good. Walk me through a little bit about how that's impacted your life. Well, with that, it taught me with at RGLA and just being in the martial arts community, period. It's just like, yo, like it taught me a lot about like humanity and just like my ego. You know what I'm saying? When I came in, you know, oh, I'm this rapper. They know who I am. This, that, and a third. As it kept going along and I started learning and doing it, I just realized like, yo, like this is martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Like if you let your ego take over, you're going to get your ass whooped. That's one. <laughs> Two is like I started to learn about people and I just felt like, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be treated regularly like with everybody. And that's why I really like the martial arts community. They didn't treat me differently because of my job. They didn't treat me anywhere. Like when I'm in that class, I tell people whenever I'm in there, I'm Denzel Curry after 11 o'clock. <laughs> but before 10 o'clock, I am nobody. I'm, I'm one of them. I'm a student. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when people recognize me in class, like, hey, you're Denzel. I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool and all. But it was like, what do you do? And I was like, just remember, I do not exist when I'm in this class. I'm a student. You know? <laughs> and it just taught me to, it went from me, yeah, yeah, I'm Denzel Curry, Denzel third. But then it just went to, nah, I'm just a student. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get better like everybody else because I don't want no special treatment. And I'm glad to have a place like RGLA because they don't treat me with special treatment. I get my ass kicked like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I want. You know, they treat me like a human being, like a person, like, you know, like it's, it's way different than the community I'm actually in. Like 
in being a musician because you don't know who's your, who's your friend. People will prey on your downfall and stuff like that. And here, everybody genuinely wants to get better. And you got people that will push you to get better. Dude, I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree with you anymore, brother. I mean, I can only imagine who you have to deal with on a daily basis, especially within your career. I can only imagine just how many people constantly come up to you and are asking for pictures or autographs or, you know, anything along the lines of there. And that's one really interesting vibe that I found about RGLA is that you don't see any of that. You'll see some very well recognizable figures training right next to you. And the beauty of that is that everybody's supportive. Everybody's carrying a strong and good vibe. Everybody's there for the same reasons where it's okay. How can we get better? And, and seeing you out there and seeing what Al is currently doing and creating that program with Joseph and the team and Cortez and all those guys has been really awesome to see that gym grow. It's been really awesome to see or at least experience going there for my limited time here in the United States. So tomorrow I'm heading over to Brazil. I'm going to be out in Brazil for about a month. And then I'm going to be over in Argentina for about a month. I'm going to be in Antarctica for about two weeks. Antarctica. And then, um, and then from there I'm going to Colombia. and then I've got to make a little pit stop to Africa. Denzel, I know that we've talked about this in the past. And Al, you have an open invitation for this. The both of you have an open invitation. Um, I'd love to have you guys come out there at one point in time. I'm sure that you're both familiar with Acon Lighting Africa and what's currently happening out in Africa with the two yeah, of them. Dude. Yep. And and Chan Young is, is one of my best friends. I'm going to be out there hanging out with him. And if the two of you guys ever want to come out there and Go and have a little experience of Senegal and have a little experience about, you know, African martial arts. I can't wait to go out there and do Senegalese some Senegalese wrestling. wrestling. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. yes, sir. So, you know, we could always go out there. We can have a good experience. I visited Senegal four or five years ago. I haven't been able to make a trip back because of COVID. But, you know, once the world starts opening a little bit back up, I'll be out there more so in the middle of the year so. If our paths cross somehow, we'd love to have you guys out there. I'm sure Sean wouldn't have any issue with it whatsoever. and be super excited to have you both out there. And, uh, dude, Senegalese wrestling, how many people can say they had a chance to try that out? Oh, man. That's true. Exactly. That is true. Those guys are big, though. Dude, also, I'm going to get destroyed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, when you're out there, if you get the chance, I would want you to go to Cameroon and look for Danny Bill. I sent some money over there to help with his school. And um, he's a he's a real good friend. And if you if you have the chance, just go out there and go train with him. He started the first African Muay Thai school out there. So if you get the Dude, chance, go link up with him. Danny Bill is one of the biggest legends in Muay Thai. Like, I mean, watching what he is doing in Africa, because I follow him on Instagram. I'd love to have him on my podcast at one point in time. Really talk about what he's doing, because I think it's amazing what he's doing out there. And, you know, let, I'm down. Let's go to Cameroon, dude. Denzel, Al, you're invited. We'll go get Sean. We'll, you know, we'll make a little trip out of it. And, you know, we can get some really fun and cool content because, you know, Danny, not only having the opportunity to be able to train with him individually, he is one of the, I mean, top Muay Thai fighters of all time. You can absolutely make that argument. And in addition to that, his philanthropy and seeing what he's currently doing, um, trying to create a positive impact over in Africa, I find it very inspiring. And I think he's an absolute 
total legend. I think it's amazing what he's doing. So I'd love to make that trip one day. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's do it. But gentlemen, we're just going to wrap this up. But I have one last question for the both of you. And this is a question I ask everybody on my show. What's one thing that you would like to be remembered for? Damn. <laughs> That's a thinker question. I mean, I, that's a question I think about because I like contemplate what I'm doing with my life a lot. Like, is this what I always think? Is this what I want to do? And if it's not, I need to be doing what I want to do. Don't like being remembered for something is not something I care about. But if I had to be remembered for anything, it would be for helping people or trying to help people in some way. That's like the world as people, we don't do that enough. We watch things happen. We walk by. I want people to, in their heads, help people. And if I can do that through martial arts, I do it through martial arts and I hope it carries outside of martial arts. And then one day somebody does something nice, like, oh yeah, I remember in class, they're like, help the new person. You go to some new job, I'm going to help the new person. So just being remembered for trying to make people help other people. I love it. If I was to be remembered for anything, it'll just be like, probably my person, like just me as a person, you know what I mean? Like good and bad, you know what I'm saying? Like just all my actions just to show like, you know, you know, you know, like just to, so if whoever looks at it, they could study it and just like learn from it. So they won't probably make the same mistakes I probably would made, you know, in my life. You know what I'm saying? That would probably be like the only thing I would want people to remember about like who I was actually as a person. Good, bad, just period. Excellent. Amazing answers, boys. Again, I want to say thank you again on behalf of the Believe Podcast Network. We all want to extend uh, an open invitation to have you both on again. Um, so we definitely look out for that invitation. We'll put it into a very interesting place around the world. I promise you I'll be in a very crazy, unique <laughs> geographic location. Uh, hopefully it's not Antarctica, but I'm sure it'll be somewhere similar. And uh, again, gentlemen, thank you so much. And we look forward to the next episode. Thanks for Thank having you. me, Nick. I never told you this, but when I first met you, I was so happy to meet another person who loved John Wayne as much as I did. <laughs> People do, but Nick, when I met him, he was the only other guy. Because the second you threw, I was like, yep, he has that style. He has that style. I'm going to talk to this guy. Yep. I remember, I partnered up with you, too, because I, like, I like that guy so much. I'm going to be his partner at least once. <laughs> <laughs> And, and dude, it was a blast, brother. I had a great time. And, um, you know, I can't wait to train with you guys again. Till next time I see you in LA. Yes, sir. Till next time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Get Lost with Nick Hefke. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with all your friends and make sure to tune back next week where we have another epic episode for you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.